0: Thank you so much for joining But I'm Not Wrong podcast. Today we're going to talk about the training or need for training of police forces, the most recent Oscar show, efforts by the Dying With Dignity group in Canada, and the Republicans' growing list of corporate and personal enemies. So let's get into it. While most people have had their eyeballs glued to the TV over the past few weeks because of the Derek Chauvin trial, in the background during those three weeks, police were still shooting citizens at traffic stops, in backyards, on streets, at night and during the day. Sometimes the citizens were armed with guns, sometimes with knives, sometimes with phones, and sometimes with nothing at all. This isn't news of course, but it has become the news. Now let me clarify, it's not that it hasn't always hit the news when police shot a citizen. It just hit if it was big news, if it was spectacular. Or if there was a big police chase involved, you know, the old adage, if it bleeds, it leads. Luckily, phones in the hands of citizens have changed the landscape of media reporting and have forced news outlets to more broadly cover a larger contingent of the shootings, and arrests by police that have been caught by the average citizen on their personal phone. Mainstream media has become aware that they'll be left behind if they don't take advantage of this, and for us, the consumer, well, we're more aware too. So the Chauvin trial brought, finally, the so-called blue wall of silence tumbling down. We saw the Minneapolis Police Chief testify against Chauvin's treatment of George Floyd, saying that it wasn't part of our training and is certainly not part of our ethics or values. An inspector who used to lead the department's training said, that's not what we train. That brings us to the question of what kind of training police officers do get. On top of the basic requirements of having at least a high school education and, hopefully, a college degree, each state and city has their own requirements. Remember Minneapolis, which we were just talking about, well it's 16 weeks of police academy training. That seems shockingly low, don't you think? Southern Arizona has 23 weeks of paramilitary training. Yikes! Is that what citizens want from their police? Paramilitary training? California trooper, or CHIP officers, get 27 weeks of Trooper Police Academy. New York Police Academy lasts 28 weeks, followed by a 10-week field training process. Jackson, Mississippi trains its new recruits for 16 weeks followed by 12 weeks of field training. In Canada, it doesn't seem wildly different, except that Canadian recruits do have to pay for the tuition piece of their training, unlike in the U.S. In Toronto, Canada's largest city, recruits get a 24-week training program. In Vancouver, they get 11 weeks, get put out on patrol under strict supervision for 18 to 22 weeks, and then back to the classroom for 11 weeks. And in Winnipeg, the training is 16 weeks. The question is, is this range of four to seven months of training really enough to meet the demands that society now requires of policing? Let's be frank. Right now, we see police or sheriffs over and over again, going from zero to outrageous emptying their guns into citizens at traffic stops. Traffic stops! What the hell? So they pull over someone because of a broken taillight, an expired license, air freshener hanging from the rear view mirror, and it becomes a scenario where the police feel they better have a full clip in their Glocks. It must be the scariest thing in the world for anyone now to be pulled over in a car by police. Traffic stops and car crashes, after all, make up almost two of every three contacts between police and the public, according to the Bureau of Justice Statistics. Imagine, if you may, being a black man, hearing that whoop whoop behind you, seeing the flashing lights of the cop car indicating that you need to pull over. Your heart is thumping pretty loud. And I would imagine that there's a certain fight-or-flight response having a bit of an internal war within you. But you don't have a real choice, right? I mean, you can't really choose flight. You can't really run. It's the police. Imagine now you're a white man and a van pulls up beside you as you're driving with a couple of masked men waving guns at you indicating you've got to pull over. You've got the same fight-or-flight response, haven't you? Your heart is thumping out of your chest pretty hard. Which one are you picking? Flight! You're going to run, run like hell, because you are pretty sure what will happen if you don't. And so does the black man or woman in the first scenario. Are they sure they'll get shot? No, but they don't know. And that's the clear, clear problem here. When citizens don't know how the police are going to act, then those same citizens are afraid for their welfare and for their lives. Training, or the lack of it, is a huge part of this. There are European countries that require their law enforcement officers earn multi-year degrees prior to employment and a master's degree within five years of being employed. That's a lot, agreed. While certainly every city, state, or province says they give preference to applicants who have more than a high school degree, none required it in North America. And while every city, state, and province mandates ongoing training, it is interesting to note that there are a number of other professions like cosmetologists and real estate brokers that actually require more time in the classroom or more ongoing online training than police officers. That's pretty sad. And let's just talk about the unions a little bit here. That again is a whole other can of worms. But to be brief about it, there have been numerous incidences where there have been bad cops who've been caught with their fingers in the cocaine stash in the evidence room. Or been caught on video roughing up someone they shouldn't have. The out of court settlements for police misconduct are shockingly high. Those settlements you may or may not know come from the police budgets themselves, which come from taxpayers. You're in my pockets, not from some kind of bad cop insurance. The figures are in the regular six and seven figure mark, but the terms of the settlements are usually sealed. The message, though, that this sends to everyone is that the taxpayer pays for bad police, not the individual police themselves. So, they don't have to care, right? But even when the police themselves are found guilty, you might be surprised at how often they are not separated from their jobs. In spite of mounting pressures from citizen groups, or even police chiefs themselves asking for the ultimate accountability, police unions slow or prevent justice. Remember in the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting in Parkland in 2018? Sheriff's Deputy Brian Miller hid behind his cruiser for 10 minutes before calling for help. He was fired. But wait, His union got involved and he was reinstated with full back pay last month. Why aren't police departments disciplining officers when they have a record of misconduct or complaints? Sometimes they can't because of their unions, but oftentimes they see it's because they have an inability to apply any kind of pressure to deter future misconduct. When police pull out their gun, They have to know that accountability will be as automatic for them as it is for any other citizen. The state of Maryland has gotten rid of qualified immunity for police officers. Other states need to follow. Maryland has also passed a law requiring independent probes of any police-involved fatality. Again, other states need to follow. Police need training, real training. Make policing a compulsory two-year college course, at a minimum. That gives more time for learning things that are either missing or need more depth. On top of learning the law, how to handle a gun, and how to make an arrest, teach them more about communication. How to connect with people one-on-one. How to connect with large groups. How to connect with people who don't look like you. How to connect with people who are afraid of you. How to connect with kids who are afraid of you. They need more in-depth training on de-escalation and to be more willing to use those tactics instead of reaching for their guns as a first response. They need to become more comfortable recognizing signs of mental health and how to reach out to those who are just so severely uncomfortable in their heads or their bodies. They need training in compassion and anti-bias and empathy on a continual basis, because what they see and deal with on a daily basis has got to beat down on them and strip away at their soul. They see a lot, and that's hard to bear. So they build shells around themselves. I get that. But we have to keep beating at the training drum. Remember I talked about the amount of training that was sort of common across North America? Well, here's the shocking stat that I've held back until now. Only 13 states require training before putting new recruits out on the beat. Yep, you heard that right. That leaves 37 states who are able to hire police officers based on their minimum hiring requirements and with zero training, give them a badge and a gun and put them out to police you and me and Joe Blow down the street. That's a scary hard thing to digest, isn't it? So meanwhile, until things change, Pressure the people in charge of your towns, your cities, your states and provinces to change the training requirements of the people who are wearing the badges. And keep on with videotaping in your car if you're stopped. And keep on videoing others if you think something weird is going on. You might be saving a life. You know I'm not wrong. If you watched the Oscars this past weekend, you're either a diehard fan or you're watching for the outfits, because really, there was no other reason to be watching. Please, please, can we have some controversy? Please beg Kevin Hart to take the gig next year. Oscar, you treated him shamefully last year. Or even better yet, have Ricky Gervais do it. I love that he doesn't give a shit about pandering to woke little snowflakes who can't take a joke. You know people who don't know what jokes are? People with IQs less than my doorknob. Bring on Ricky. I'm starting a petition right now. You can sign up on my Twitter or IG. If you haven't heard about an organization called Dine with Dignity, It's probably because you've not been in the position of having a relative or close friend dying a long, slow death who wanted to end it by avoiding unwanted suffering. Dying with Dignity is a charity that is set up in countries around the world and is committed to improving the quality of dying and protecting end-of-life rights in the countries it operates in. In some ways, it's called assisted suicide helping those suffering from grievous medical conditions to die on their own terms. In Canada, the fight for this assisted dying, however, fails in one key category, that being with persons with dementia. One of the requirements of access to assisted dying is that right before, the doctor assisting must give the person an opportunity to withdraw their request and ensure that they give express consent. When one starts down the path of Alzheimer's and or dementia, one knows ultimately that the disease will eventually rob one of the ability to think, communicate, and swallow among other things, among other horrible things. Certainly, there will be no opportunity for these folks to give express consent while in the final passage of the disease. So these people either have to choose to access assisted dying well before they would normally have done so, while they are still cognitively able to, or live out their lives fingers crossed that they won't be too much of a burden on their family for too long. For those with Alzheimer's or dementia in their family history, it's definitely on their minds as they get older themselves. Anyway, check out Dying with Dignity in your country. You can support their efforts if you're interested with donations or by signing their petitions. Republicans sure have a long list of enemies. Democrats have them too. but. While Democrats' enemies are generally manufactured by the Republicans, the Republicans themselves are mass-producing their own. Let's list them just for fun. There's corporations like Delta and Coca-Cola, Major League Baseball, the National Football League, and the National Basketball Association. They sure don't like Dr. Fauci or Mike Pence or William Barr. They don't like atheists or churches that support civil rights. They don't like critics of the Confederacy. They don't like police reformers. They don't like judges, except for the ones they put on the courts, and even them they're sort of hesitant about. They don't like Hollywood, nor anyone who works there. They don't like social media or book publishers, tech companies, nor universities. And they sure don't like voters if they turn out in large numbers. They don't like immigrants, illegal or legal it seems. They don't like NATO, the World Health Organization, nor the International Monetary Fund. They don't even like a lot of their own Republicans, like Liz Cheney and Mitt Romney and that new guy, Adam Kinzinger. They don't like deficits when Democrats are in the White House or tax hikes. Except when they're on the middle class or lower, and they don't like masks or vaccines. Makes you wonder what they do like, huh? Boy, that's got to be a short list. And you know I'm not wrong. Thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate more than you can know. You can follow me on Facebook at But I'm Not Wrong or Instagram at Still Not Wrong or Twitter But Not Wrong. If you want to get in touch with me, you can reach me at stillnotwrong at gmail.com. I promise to read everything sent to me. I hope you hit subscribe on this podcast and that you'll be back next week.